Welcome to the Hypnotoad Podcast on the Harlan College Sports Podcast Network. I am your host, Andrew Zimmel, as we start this 2024 episode number two of the new year with TCU men's and women's basketball. Both teams struggling over the weekend, one struggling a little bit more than the other. Are the women in trouble? Are the men looking to make another deep March run? We'll talk all things TCU coming up after the break. But first, I want to remind you to subscribe, rate, and review to the Hypnotoad Podcast, whether that be on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcast content. And make sure you take a screenshot on Apple Podcasts and send it to our boss, Pete Mundo. Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at HarlandCollegeSports.com. Maybe you write him to tell him that we're doing a great job. Maybe you write him to tell him that you love the Hypnotoad podcast. Or maybe you write him just to say, hey, send me my koozie. Whatever you write to Pete Mundo, make sure it is attached with an Apple podcast review. All right, we'll start with TCU men's basketball. We will talk about the women's basketball team who have lost two straight. And then I want to uh, mention... Something at the back end. We'll talk a little football as uh, the college football national championship is just hours away as we're recording. CCU men's basketball, they lose a two-point game to Kansas over the weekend, 83-81. to And you can almost smell the top 25 if you're a Horn Frog fan. It is that close. It is literally that close. And a win against Kansas over the weekend probably propels this team across the finish line. And it was one of those games where you're going to look back on it at the end of the season. You're going to think to yourself, damn, that was one that got away. A loss to number two Kansas in Lawrence by only two points. Granted, it's the first conference game of the season. It's the first conference game on the road for the men. All that being said, it was a game that kind of got away. Did Dickinson travel on his game-winning layup? You know, maybe. It's one of those deals where uh, TCU men's basketball, for the better part of my life, let's say the life in the Big 12 at least, has not been in that top tier with the rest of the conference. Right? Like the Kansases, the Houstons of the world, the Texas Techs, the Baylors, uh, even the Texases. It felt like there was a very... Uh, noticeable division between the top of the conference and TCU, which would I would argue would be in the second or third, right? With Kansas State, with Iowa State, in, in that kind of uh, the tier. But over the past, yeah, let's call it 18 months, TCU has really shouldered their way into this conversation to be considered one of the best teams in the Big 12. And arguably, I, I've said this from day one here, it's the best conference in college basketball. We're in the month of January, so we still have a ton of time. We have a whole conference season ahead of us. But I dare you and I challenge you, as college basketball continues to roll through here, I challenge you to go look at the rest of the conferences. Right, so The Pac-12 is dissolving after the season, so they're in their final season. Historically, a very good basketball conference. The Big Ten, kind of top-heavy. The ACC with Duke and North Carolina, again, kind of top-heavy. The SEC has had a pretty good run over the past five years of having solid teams coming through the conference, especially with Calipari at Kentucky. All that being said, from top to bottom, the Big 12 is the strongest. Now, there's not a Kentucky or a Duke Maybe you could make an argument with Kansas being a blue blood that they would be in that conversation, but there isn't a 
North Carolina and Duke. We'll put it that way, right? There, there aren't two teams that dominate this conference like those two teams do the ACC. There's no two teams like Wisconsin, Ohio State, or Purdue in the Big Ten. Again, very top-heavy. This conference, from the top to the bottom, you're going to get a good game every single night. And a two-point loss to Kansas, I told you last week, that if TCU can lose a game like this, that I, I said coming into it, I think that they were like a eight-point underdog, a ten-point underdog coming into this game, if I if my memory serves me correctly. I, I told you, a, a close loss to Kansas, moral victories don't hang banners by any means. By any means. I'm not a moral victory guy. But a two-point loss to Kansas feels like you're trending in the right direction. A two-point loss to Kansas in Lawrence tells me that in the rest of the season coming up, right? So they these two teams square off again. Uh, no, they don't. Correction, they don't. This is the last time that they play Kansas this season. These two teams will square off again, potentially, in um, the Big 12 tournament. So the last time you play Kansas this season, you feel okay, is my point, right? You feel like this is a solid, a solid game, uh, especially when you look at the two teams coming up for this home uh, schedule. And I want to talk about that, but I also want to mention a player who had a pretty good game on Saturday, and that was Trey uh, Tyson, who uh, was one conference game, is essentially the Horned Frogs' success. You subtract him from the squad, Horned Frogs would have 2 of 13 from long range. He went 6 of 8, the Texas A&M Corpus Christi transfer. He looked great. He, he has been one of the best players for TCU this season. Scored 24 points on 9 of 12 shooting. He also played the second most points. Jamie Dixon, it looks like, according to reports and also according to his uh, post-game press conferences and a little media availability that TCU has given us, looks like Dixon is going to put him in a larger role. Expect to see him play uh, larger minutes as the uh, season comes on. And, of course... When you talk about a guy like that, you also need to mention, like I said, the rest of the team shot 2 of 13. Outside shooting in college basketball the last, what, two months has been relatively bad. I haven't watched a ton of college basketball games and thought to myself, oh, wow, there's a bunch of Steph Currys and Damian Lillard out here. That's completely fair. That's I think that's a fair criticism of college basketball. There's a lot of shots being put up from downtown. There's not a ton of shots going in. But when you look at the rest of the squad, and of course you look at the duo of Michael Peavy and uh, Jameer Nelson Jr., who both forced shots in that Kansas loss and also forced shots in some of the wins that TCU has had earlier in the season. I mentioned last week, as we come into conference play, that I wasn't super impressed with the out-of-conference schedule. Sure, there was an Arizona State, there was a Clemson, a Georgetown, the one-point win uh, on the road. But those are games that, you know, maybe you get up for, maybe you get excited for, but I really didn't. Clemson's a middle-of-the-road ACC team. They were top 25 when two teams played earlier this season, but still, it doesn't really move me. Arizona State, who's joining the Big 12 next season, maybe next year when it's a conference game, I'll get more excited for it. But this year, I just didn't really, I didn't really care all that much about that game. Georgetown is not the Georgetown of yesteryear. And a one-point win on the road, while it's a win, doesn't really get me all that excited. Michael Peavy, or Michael Peavy and uh, Jameer Nelson Jr., they've got to find more of a rhythm in the shooting. If they find a way to get into a rhythm and play solid 
basketball and makes smart decisions in the shooting. Jameer Nelson Jr., an incredible passer. But the shot selection has been questionable. Uh, those are two of the critiques as we go into conference play. They play number nine Oklahoma and number two Houston this week. Oklahoma, Wednesday, 8 p.m. tip. Houston, Saturday, 5 p.m. tip. Both those games are going to be on ESPN2 and ESPN. So if you have a linear cable, that is the way to watch those games. Two games at home, which is huge. The two first conference games of the season for TCU. I'm going to start doing this for the men and for the women, but mostly I want to focus on our win-loss record. So last week I told you that TCU men were not going to win against Kansas. They didn't win against Kansas. Nobody sent me any hate mail. So we're going to do it again this week. Oklahoma, that is a game that TCU is going to bounce back from. Unless Kansas played a bad game, and this is not the team that we expect this season, I'm going to go on a limb here and say that I think TCU is still a top three team in the conference. Top four team in the conference. I think it's Houston. I think it's probably Oklahoma, maybe. And I think that it's a TCU. I think those are your top three teams. And if you want to make a case for Kansas, yeah, they put them in there too. So that would be there's your four teams in the uh, the top of the top of the conference this season. This is a very tough early conference schedule. If TCU can split Kansas and Oklahoma and then play Houston close, number two team in the nation right now. You got to be excited. And if TCU can stay healthy, there is a lot of reasons to be super jazzed about uh, the, the where this team could go. All right, let's move on to the women's team who dropped two games. Uh, one game that I expected, one game that I did not see coming. So they lost to number six Baylor last Wednesday in was a game that was closer than the score indicates I had a bunch of friends that went to that game as well. They lost number six Baylor, seventy-one to fifty. I don't really want to go back a week in time and talk about that game, um, but I do want to talk about the game Saturday against Oklahoma. Uh, first conference or correction, second conference home game. They played BYU. I always forget that's a conference game. Blew BYU out, out of the water. Uh, lost to Oklahoma State, sixty-seven to fifty-nine. This is the second loss in a row after starting the season fourteen and zero. Should you be panicking if you're a women's basketball fan? Not necessarily. Uh, they were down 14 points at halftime. They cut it down to two with 9-18 remaining. Uh, then they were held without a field goal the rest of the way. They only shot 30% from the field. They had a rough, rough night from behind the arc. Uh, they also have an injury bug, right? So Dora Prince didn't play with a hand injury. Uh, you know... Madison Connor tallied the game high 20 points. This is the eighth time this season she has had 20 points. But now you have an idea how important Sidora Prince is for this women's basketball team. I think we all knew that she was the big man down low. I think we all knew that she was one of the more impactful players, the transfer uh, coming to TCU this season. I think we all knew that she was going to play a major role on this team. I don't think any of us thought that she would be this impactful or play this large a role in the turnaround for Mark Campbell. Now, the hand injury is supposed to sideline her, I think they said two weeks. So, 
That said, you look at the new two-week schedule coming up for TCU. Right, They go to number 10, Texas, tomorrow on Wednesday. Then they go to Houston on Saturday. That's this week. Next week, they host Kansas State, and then they have to go to Ames to take on Iowa State. That gets us to January 23rd, where you have a home and away with UCF, and then you got to go to Lubbock for Texas Tech. If you lose four games on this stretch, and you go from 14-0 to now you're 14-6, and and you're bottoming out, and you lose your top 25 seed, uh, or top 25 ranking, and all that stuff. I I don't feel great about that. That's not exactly something that I'm super happy about uh, as a TC women's basketball fan, which raises the question, should you be raising the panic button? Should the panic level be raised for this women's basketball squad? And I think, yeah, I think that you do need to be a little bit concerned, especially depending on how this Texas game goes. Now, before the season... I had this as a loss. Before the season, I thought Mark Campbell was going to have a very good turnaround, a team that won single-digit games last year. I had the win total at 500. I thought they were going to go 500 this season and then hope that when the conference tournament rolled around that they'd make a little bit of a run. Maybe they get to the semifinals of the conference tournament. And maybe they get a WNIT bid. That was where the bar was for me before the season began. Well, then they won 14 games and expectations change. They, that happens. Sidor Prince being hurt drastically changes the way that I look at these games. Drastically changes. Now, luckily, she will be back. Texas lost their best player in their point guard, tearing her MCL. So she's done. Harmon, or Ruby Harmon is done for Texas. If TCU loses this game... By more than seven points. That's how close I expect this game to be. If they lose this game by more than seven points. The panic level goes from green to yellow for me. Because right now. Losing two games. Your best player being hurt. Not all that concerned. I'm a concern but I'm not all that concerned. You lose at Texas. Yeah. You lose at Houston. Okay we're in the yellow. But you go 0 for 4 over the next two weeks, and we have a completely different conversation going. It's all going to be in the hands of Madison Connor because if the uh, guard who can score, what, she's averaging like 20 points per game this season. Uh, Jaden Owens had a good game. She had 19 points and 6 assists in the loss against Oklahoma State. Connor and Owen, they combined for 33 of TCU's 57 uh, shot attempts. So they're taking the majority of the shots uh, for this women's basketball t- uh, squad. They're a third-quarter team, too. They've played really well in the third quarters this season. So, look, is do we panic at this point? No. If you lose the next four games, yes. And when we talk next week, as we get ready for Kansas State in the midweek uh, games, middle school night, by the way, $10 t-shirts, not bad. Uh, when we talk next week and we say, when we react to Texas and the Houston game this weekend, we will have a better understanding. But it's going to come down to how well uh, Madison Connor plays. It's going to count how well Jaden Owens plays. And it's going to come down to how well uh, Mark Campbell deals with adversity because this is really the first speed bump that this women's basketball team has hit this season after starting 14-0. All right, let's talk uh, um, college football. Because it's interesting. 
where we're at now with uh, the college football playoffs. We are at the national championship. We are officially in the post Texas and Oklahoma uh, Big 12 life. Okay. There's teams joining the Big 12 next year, former Pac 12 teams. You got Arizona, Arizona State. You have Colorado joining. And I want to do my way too early prediction for TCU football. Way too early prediction for TCU football. We want to get that on the record today before the national championship. Because I, everybody else will put their way too early's out like tomorrow. They'll put it out Wednesday. They'll put it out in the middle of uh, spring. After the spring game, they'll give you it. But I'm giving you it now because that's what we do over here on the Hypnotoad Podcast. We're, we're the first. Okay, We're not maybe always the, the most correct. Okay, You can look back at my national championship prediction last year for that. We might not always be the most correct, but we will be the first to tell you that I think we're going to win the conference next year. I'll be the first to tell you that with the addition of these teams, yeah, Colorado is going to bring back some talent. Deion Sanders is, you know, prime time. You don't get better than prime time, right? Yes, Arizona and Arizona State are rebuilding teams, and maybe coming to the Big 12, they're going to be able to tap into some of that Texas talent. Maybe they start looking at West Texas, which historically speaking, kind of picked over. Not a lot of teams going to West Texas grabbing some of the best talent. It's mostly Houston and Dallas and San Antonio and and the Valley uh, when people are going places to look for premier talent. You know, people really haven't been picking over uh, West Texas as much as maybe they should be. I think there's a lot of great talent out there that slips through the cracks. Um, watching a lot of Division Two and FCS football recently. But maybe these teams come in and they spark something. But I look at the way that the Big 12 competed in the bowl games, which they did a very good job. We talked about it last week, how the Big 12 had a winning record in bowl games. Oklahoma State played in the Big 12 championship game this year. I'm not in back, and I'm not entirely thrilled with uh, Mike Gundy. I thought Mike Gundy was on the hot seat after the first four weeks. And they played in the Big 12 championship game. A lot of weird, wacky stuff happened this year. A lot of injuries. A lot of weird, wacky injuries. Weird games. Hail Mary passes to end games. Right? Houston fans can tell you about that. I think TCU comes back next year with a, with a real vengeance. And I have not been... Uh, I haven't minced words when it came to talking about the offensive coordinator, Kendall Bryles. I haven't minced words when it came to talking about Joe Gillespie, who is now unemployed, replaced. I haven't minced words when it comes to talking about Sonny Jackson. I still think he's the guy to run the ship here. This next three months will be the most important three months of TCU football, maybe ever. The next three months, the transfer portal... The next three months, recruiting. The next three months, NIL will be the most important three months since TCU joined the Big 12. This is a very winnable conference next year. I look at what Washington has done with their transfers. Penix, of course, coming from Indiana. I look what Michigan has done. Building a great defense. Bullying teams. Bullying, let's be honest, they bullied Alabama a little bit last week, right? This is a very winnable conference. And I'm telling you right now, TCU is going to 
win the Big 12 in 2025. That'll do it for the Hypnotoad Podcast on the Heartland College Sports Podcast Network. I will uh, talk to you guys next week when we will be reacting to men's and women's basketball. And, of course, we will uh, give you all of your TCU football news as recruiting, recruiting, recruiting. It is heating up. And, by the way, I, uh, I need to mention this at the very back end because, of course, the most important team is the team that played in the College World Series just a few months back, and that would be TCU men's um, TCU baseball, who was ranked in uh, the USA preseason poll Number five, they bring back a lot of talent. So we will talk about that next week as well. That's going to do it for us over here. Make sure you subscribe, rate, review wherever you get the Hypnotoad podcast. Remember to send a screenshot of your Apple podcast review to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at harlancollegesports.com, and he will send you a free koozie back. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll be back again next week.